Hey, Ash here, All Things Dentistry, and you're doing the drive. So this morning was really interesting. I received a text message from a good friend of mine yesterday, and she said that her to-be son-in-law was having a toothache. Actually, it was her daughter who texted me, and uh, her my friend's daughter's son. It's confusing here. So anyways, let's call it the son-in-law. The son-in-law was eating the mother-in-law's amazing cooking last week, two weeks or a week ago, and his two started killing him right afterwards. And it was funny because I asked him, you know, through text, well, I'll tell you, you know, come in the next day. And uh, I asked him, uh, did you have any fillings or anything like that? And then his girlfriend said, he had a filling on the upper left and the lower, just the upper left a while ago. So I checked the record before I see him. It turned out there was a small restoration, tooth number two, six, first maxillary left molar. And then when I saw him, his chief complaint was pain to biting. Like this is a big strong dude. So 10 out of 10 was his peak pain. So I think that's pretty reliable. Uh, when you put a needle in them, then they usually faint, but he didn't. But, uh, 10 out of 10 peak, he was at about 4 or 5 that morning. It was hot and cold sensitive, biting pain, and it was his lower left. So, like, hmm, interesting. So we take a couple PAs, one of his lower left, and posterior teeth, and we take a, one of his maxillary left posterior teeth. And then we start doing our clinical exam. So we do both radiographs to, to rule out anything, and then we do our clinical exam on both the second quadrant and the fourth quadrant so upper left and bottom left posterior quadrants and so it turns out he's got a cracked tooth on his first maxillary first mandibular first molar I mean, it's crazy there's no restorations there's barely any crack and the picture I'm going to put up today is the transillumination of it and he uh, so he did all the testing and he had lingering cold to tooth number four six no restorative i mean barely a sealant on it and not a huge crack mesodistal but just irreversible papitis tender to percussion lingering cold pain mesial mesiolingual cusp uh pain when biting uh and just lingering so we elected to provide local anesthesia got informed consent local anesthesia as pain goes away and with these teeth because they're super painful uh, I'm going to give them a LigmaJet, so that's an intraosseous, quick intraosseous. And we hopped into the pulp, and sure enough, it was partially necrotic. It's unbelievable. So we're looking for a crack. We transilluminated. Oh, yeah, I said that. Our transilluminated, you can see the crack. And it just blows my mind that a crack will is big enough to allow a, a highway of bacteria into that pulp to slowly kill it. So that was a, this was probably the easiest pulpectomy I've done in my entire career uh, literally access open with a number four long round into the pulp bang not calcified at all because uh, he's about 23 years old pulp endo zebra or pulp shaper burr just rip around op open it up wave on gold to shape the kernel two-thirds get a working length go to full working length place some calcium hydroxide boom done it was like literally 20 minutes it was absolutely Amazing! I loved it. So we're going to reappoint him. And we only I did calcium hydroxide just because we had another appointment uh, shortly coming up. And with him, I just wanted to make sure that we're going to get... There's uh, honestly between the two distal canals, there's a bunch of bubble tissue remnants that 
uh, were still kind of floating around there. I couldn't get into because it was such a small little fin. So we'll just let that uh, let the calcium hydroxide dissolve that tissue. So we'll get him back, and then uh, the second appointment that I had in endo was just finishing the tooth number two six, which had a huge crack buckle to lingual. I talked about that earlier. So we had all our working lengths, everything went perfectly, and then I went to go place a floor core because we're gonna finish it and then we're gonna put a crown on this tooth. And sure enough, we didn't have the right tips for the floor core and I was like, ah, I'll be fine. So I tried to get the floor core down the pelvic canal, which I left a space to put floor core down and now there's an air void. That's embarrassing. So of course it's a brand new, brand new dentist who's gonna be restoring this with a crown. So I talked with him about it and showed him the video of what happened. So note to self, if you don't have the right instrumentation <clears throat> I usually try to make it work and it usually does work but this time it didn't now I have this gap of the pelvic canal where there's a crack and I wanted to not have a gap of all things my friends all things that can make yourself go upside down so that patient's solid I'm happy with that case looks short on the mesial buckle actually to be honest but it's right to length 18 millimeters right on the right on the dot with the uh, apex locator we reconfirmed that a few times so I'm happy with that and then I was going to, uh, Angela and I were going to bond up a, an ortho case, which is very interesting. I placed an implant on him, tooth number four, six, a few weeks ago, and we're going to do his ortho as well, but he didn't show up. So I guess we'll rebook him. And the reason why we're doing his ortho is because he had a lingual wire placed on his maxillary anterior segment and it broke and now has pushed out his tooth number two, one. And I was on some training with him about six months ago and said, Hey man, what happened to your tooth? To get bumped in the face, he said, no, I didn't at all. This guy looks like Che Guevara as well. You know, like Cuba, Cuban revolution. Uh, so anyways, I'm at, uh, I'm at my place of work. So that's the drive and thanks so much for joining me. Cheers, Ash.